Well, we are continuing on in our series called Touched. This is the fourth episode in the series. If you haven't had the opportunity to check out the previous episodes of the series, you can find them at our website. And you can also find other episodes, other series, and different things like that on the website as well. But I encourage you to go and find those other episodes, especially in this series, as I've discovered they've kind of been building on each other. And I'll get to that in just a moment. But also, too, we are going to be in Mark chapter 5 today, verses 21 through 34. So here lately, I've been encouraging, if you can, to get a copy of God's Word in front of you, whether it's paper or electronic, and just get your eyes on the Bible as we sh- um, share this story, as we read and look at the story together. So that way we're reading it together and we're seeing it together. And it's not just what I say. You can actually see it for yourself and read along with me. So once again, we'll be in Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 34. We'll also be using the New Living Translation of the Bible. So... Um, I encourage you, if you can, to get there. Um, Gave you a few minutes to do that as um, I continue on here. So, as I said, we've been in this series now. This is the fourth episode. And we've been looking at this the way that Jesus has touched people and continues to touch people. We've been using the big idea for the series. The touch of Jesus changes lives. And what I meant by it's kind of built on each other is the first two episodes kind of went together and these two episodes kind of go together. And then next week's episode is kind of off by itself, but it still will kind of bring it kind of full circle. And I didn't notice that when I was developing the series, but I got kind of excited for it. And so what I mean by that is, is this, um, the first two episodes were something that Jesus did. Okay. And only Jesus could do. Okay, so in the first week, of, first week of the series, we looked at the man born blind, and we looked at how Jesus touched his eyes with some mud and told him to go wash in this pool, and he did, and he could see. Jesus touched his eyes, restored his sight, and changed his life. Right, the touch of Jesus changes lives, and the man couldn't see before, and now all of a sudden he could see. Man, that changed his life. And then in uh, episode two of the series, we looked at the governing official who came to Jesus and said, hey, my daughter's sick. Will you come and heal her? Just come with me to heal her before she dies. And Jesus just told him, go, your son, um, your, your son will live. Sorry, I, I um, said daughter, but that's referencing today. My bad. But um, no, go, your son will live. And he did. And I use the kind of the illustration that it's kind of like Je- the man was coming to Jesus because he knew Jesus could help. It's like us taking our child to the doctor or to the hospital and the lady behind the reception desk saying, oh, your, your son will live. And we'll be shocked and flabbergasted about that, right? But the man had a choice. The man could have gone, kept going into town trying to find a way to help his son or just believe that Jesus was what Jesus was saying was true. And so um, in that episode, in episode two, we added on to our uh, big idea, the touch of Jesus changes lives. But then we said, but takes faith. And as we saw in these two stories, 
It took faith for the man to go wash the mud out of his eyes, and it took faith for the governing official to go home when Jesus told him to. So those two episodes went together as they're things that we can't really do, right? We can't really go up to somebody, touch their eyes with some mud and heal them, or we can't tell somebody, oh, your son's going to live. Like, we, we, we can't do that, right? So we... um it just kind of that that's Jesus but Jesus still does those things today Jesus still heals today Jesus still restores sight today Jesus still does all the same things that he did back then he still does today and then we kind of transition into these two episodes last last episode episode 3 of the series and today's episode these are things that we can do and so once again we kind of gave the big idea of the series and the touch of Jesus changes lives through what we through what we do, I said last week, but now we're adding say. So what we say and do. Okay. I know last week it should have been say as well because it was a conversation touch last week, right? But it's also what Jesus did. Jesus didn't just say things. Jesus actually did more than he was saying by just being present with the woman at the well. And we looked at that story in John 4 and how the woman had been, you know, criticized and ridiculed and beat down and all the things. Like, she was a social outcast. And Jesus came up to her and just talked to her. And it changed her life. And it changed the lives of lots of other people who came back with her to see Jesus. And we talked about a simple conversation is important. And we talked about how how we may be the very conversation that leads someone to Jesus. We may be the only person that somebody will listen to. The conversation that we have with somebody may just lead them to Jesus. And ultimately, that's what that's what the, the goal is. So we never know what kind of conversations. We never know how our conversations will help somebody, lead somebody to meet Jesus. And as we see in uh So that's what we saw last week. And as we're going to see in today's... Um, today's uh, episode as they kind of go together and we are going to be in Mark chapter 5 and we're going to see how this conversation and this this needed touch that sometimes people need right sometimes it's what we not just what we say it's what we do and we're going to see that here and sometimes it's really just through us like Jesus changes lives through us sometimes Jesus changed the life of the woman at the well just by talking to her. And like I said, we encouraged last week to just have a conversation with somebody. And we never know what that conversation might do for them. We never know where it might lead them. So in today's episode, Mark chapter 5, if you're there, that's great. Um, but Mark chapter 5, it's kind of telling two two stories. Okay, We're going to get um, one story... In a couple verses, and then it's going to go into kind of like another story, and then it's going to conclude the first story on the back end. So we're going to look at both, but we're focused more on the one in the middle. Okay, but the other one is important too, but it's going to sound familiar to the governing official story. So we're not going to spend a lot of time chatting about that story, but we're going to read it because it's in context of the story. So we're going to be starting in verse 21. In Mark chapter 5, 
The Bible says, Jesus got into a boat again and went back to the other side of the lake, where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. The lo- then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, came, uh, Jairus arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him, My daughter is dying. Please come, lay your hands on her, and heal her so she can live. So right here, the touch of Jesus. And I didn't notice that. Like Once again, like these are the things that sometimes just pop out as you're reading, as you prepare. I knew I wanted to do this story, but I didn't like know until I started preparing that it said those words. It says, please come lay your hands on her. Please come touch her. Heal her. The touch of Jesus changes lives. And it's right there. And it just jumped off the page at me. And so when we're looking at this, okay, this man knew that Jesus could change. Jesus could just touch her and heal her. And so that is what he's, he's pleading with Jesus to do. Sounds a lot like the governing official in John 4 that we looked at a couple episodes ago. So that's where we kind of do that. And so verse 24, it says, Jesus went with him and all the people followed, crowding around him. So that's why I said these stories kind of blend together because now Jesus is kind of going along with this groups, groups of people. And this other story kind of weaves itself in. Verse 25, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped, and she could feel her in her body that she had been healed from her terrible condition. Jesus at once realized healing power that healing power had gone from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? The disciples said to him, Look at this crowd pressing on you. How can you ask who touched me? So the disciples are like, Bro, there's lots of people around. How... Can you go, who touched me? Lots of people are touching you, Jesus. There's a thousand people around you. But he kept looking around to see who had done it. Verse 33, the frightened woman, trembling at, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him she, what she had done. And he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. You're suffering is over. So right there we see this this story, we see the big thing, but it takes faith. She had tried everything, right? She had tried everything and finally decided to try Jesus. She knew that the touch of Jesus could change her life. She knew that all she had to do was go and touch him. She had faith, and we already talked about that. How, how, you just got to have faith sometimes. So you tried everything else? Let's touch Jesus and see what happens. Let's go to Jesus and see what happens. So the touch of Jesus changes lives. And we see it as we continue on. Skipping to verse 39 though. Kind of 
paraphrasing and filling in. So Jesus goes to the the town, and once again, he tells the people, tells Jairus to have faith. We see that there in verse 36, and we're going to read in verse 39. He's, he went inside, he went inside and asked, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead, she's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him, but he made all of them leave, and he took the girl's father and mother and three disciples into the room where the girl was laying, holding her hand, touching her. He said, little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. So right there, okay, sounds like a broken record. We're repeating all of this, but these four episodes... The fifth, the, the next episode, the final episode of the series that's going to be next week, kind of puts a bow on it, but it's a little bit different, I feel, um, as kind of just the preliminary thoughts that I have about it. But these four episodes are all just kind of hooked together. They're all just going together, but it just shows it all in different ways. This, this passage in Mark 5 is all about faith. The touch of Jesus changes lives, but takes faith. Jesus had the power to heal, and the woman just said, you know what? If I can just touch his robe, he, Jesus told Jairus, don't be afraid, have faith. And he healed, his, he healed his daughter. The touch of Jesus changed the girl's life. The touch of Jesus changed her parents' life. The touch of Jesus changed that household's life, much like we saw in John 4 with the governing official story. But the big news here is this woman that ju that just touched Jesus. We looked at how Jesus touched people physically. We looked at how Jesus touched people distant. We looked at how Jesus touched people with conversation and what he what he said and did. And this is one of those instances too where this time Jesus didn't do the touching really. He was touched. And it's important to realize, though, that it just was faith of the woman. If I can just touch him, I'll be healed. You see, she had tried everything. The woman needed the touch of Jesus to change her life. She had tried everything. She needed to touch Jesus. She finally decided to try Jesus. Maybe you are just kind of like the where the woman is. Maybe with your health, maybe with other things, and you've just tried everything. With health, maybe you've tried meds and they're just not working. Maybe you've had surgery or just tried so many different doctors across the country and it's just not working. Nothing is helping. Maybe you've become dependent on other things because of situations and circumstances in your life. Maybe you've become dependent on other other things like drugs or alcohol and, uh, and, other, and other things. And it's just you're trying to figure out how this this works you're trying to figure everything out and it's just nothing is working maybe you've tried um your best to to figure out why your your teenager is making the decisions that they're making and you've just tried to encourage them you've tried to just just be there for them you've tried to talk to them and they're just doesn't feel like they're listening maybe it's even a maybe it's even adult kids maybe they're just making some and that makes it even harder right they don't live in your house anymore Maybe it's, maybe it's adult kids and they're just making decisions that it's just like, oh man, I wish you would just listen to me. 
and you've tried everything, but nothing you say seems to be helping. Nothing you say seems to be falling on their ears. Maybe you feel like you don't fit in anywhere and you've tried everything to try and fit in. You've tried different groups. You've tried different people. You've tried different things and just nothing seems to be working. Nothing seems to be helping you fit in. Well, my encouragement in all of those categories, like with, with health or with anything, just like in this story, try Jesus. Maybe maybe you just need to try Jesus if you've come dependent on other things. Life has just helped you some rough hang. You're in a valley. But Jesus is with you in the valley. Try Jesus. Maybe you need to try Jesus for your for the sake of your kid that you just can't seem to get through to. Just try Jesus. Try praying. Try just just try Jesus. Maybe you can't fit in anywhere, or maybe you can't just try Jesus. That's my encouragement for you today: is to try Jesus. Jesus is the same, as Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he did it then, he'll do it now. If he found um, healing, Jesus will heal now. If if he's, he's, he's helped people get through certain things. I mean, Jesus himself is a real human being. He experienced anxiety. He experienced depression. He experienced sorrow. And he experienced not fitting in. And he experienced all of these things. Try Jesus. We look at Jesus as he's this magical wizard sometimes I think that can heal people and I think that's probably because a lot of the a lot of his story is where he's touched people or he's turned water into wine or he's broke five loaves and two fish and he's made it into five food for 5,000 plus people but inside Jesus story as well there's temptation there's prayer there's sorrow there's joy there's crying a lot of that is John eleven thirty five is just two words. Jesus wept. And it just kind of, we just steamroll past it. And we don't see how Jesus is human too. And so we don't think Jesus can help. But the woman had tried everything in our story today. And she finally just like, you know, maybe she didn't think Jesus could help. And then she was left with nothing left. And she came to Jesus to ask for help. And she came to Jesus. And sometimes the sometimes we just need the touch of Jesus to change our life. Whether we've never been touched by him before, whether we've never experienced him in our life before, whether we've been following him for 30 years, sometimes we still need that touch of Jesus to, to change our life. And the touch of Jesus changes lives through what we say and do is the big idea of this episode. And in last episode, really, but it really falls into this episode today. And one of the reasons why I say that is because um, I've got a story that actually just happened. I'm recording this episode on a Tuesday, and I um, the story that I'm going to tell you happened on Sunday. So it happened like literally like a day and a half ago. And I just saw this, and as I'm thinking about the touch of Jesus and how. Now, the touch of Jesus comes through us. The touch of Jesus comes through people. Other people can... Jesus can touch your life through what other people say and what other people do. And Jesus can touch other people's lives through what we say and what we do. Right? The woman at the well, the conversation. 
So, my, one of my um, one of my sons, he was having some trouble getting used to youth group. I think again, um, we go to a little bit bigger of a church, and so he, you know, it's a, it's a transition. You know, a lot of the kids transition. Like if you're in the youth group, you know, you go from eighth grade to ninth grade. Like whether you change churches, uh, unless you change churches, you're going to kind of be in the same same thing, you know. But as you get older, people kind of change. People attached to other people where they might have been like in your group right in middle school youth group now they're in someone else's group in high school youth group or maybe they've just kind of drifted apart or whatever it does so anyway he's got this big not to mention he's also switched to a uh from a middle school to a high school and just in life in general and so like just trying to um manage all of that but on this particular night, he didn't just he just didn't want to go to youth group, and his thing is I just, I just don't want to go to youth group anymore. Now, as parents, you know he's told that to his mom, who then told me. But like you, just like say that, and all of a sudden, like the parent in you, it's kind of like whoa, 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 wait a minute, you know the the pastor in me is like wait a minute, he's given up on the one thing that's gonna like give him life. Like I've said that before, like he's gonna give up on the one thing that like is gonna sustain his life and give him life and give him hope and all of that. And he's gonna just give up on that, you know. And his mom, I think, kind of feels the same way. It's like he needs this 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 youth group. He needs. Um, cause both of us grew up in youth group. I liked youth group. It was a chance for you to get together with your friends and all of that and talk about Jesus and just kind of hang out and play games and all of that. But, um, so she was talking to him and she finally kind of coaxed him to go and he was gone maybe five minutes. And then he came back and just kind of sat off in our corner and I don't know if something happened that kind of shoot him away or if he just was tried a couple things and it just didn't work so he just kind of wanted to give up and come back um I don't really know and we'll get to that in just a second as to why I don't know but so um his mom just wanted me to go my wife wanted me to go and see if I could um see what I could do see what I could say to him and you know sometimes this stuff is hard, right? Like you don't know what to say because you want, you want to say the right thing. You want to do, do the right thing. You want to have the right conversation, right? Because you have to understand that things are different. Like, and some of the frustration that I have is they, I've heard the words, you just don't understand. You just don't understand. You just don't get it. You just can't, you know? And the thing is, is um, some of the time we may not understand as parents and that can be frustrating because we understand one thing. We understand that things are different now, right? We understand that they've got a little bit different things to deal with than we do. I mean, than we did growing up. The, all of these things are just coming at them differently. There's different things, different categories of things, all sorts of stuff. And we could spend a whole lot of time talking about that, but that's not important for right now. So, like, you just want to make sure that you say the right decision. You want to make sure that they understand that you've been there, be it that it's a different change, it, it, it's it's a different decade, or it's a different, you know, generation, but everybody has parents who've dealt with things, it's just in a different way. But we've all said, you just don't understand. I know I said it as a teenager, you just don't get it. Like, but when I think about it, 
like, we do get it a little bit. We're not going to understand all of it. And that's not what we're trying to say when we're trying to help them. So anyway, um, I sat down there, you know, and I just was trying to just talk to him. I was just trying to, to flesh out anything that would be helpful to kind of give me like a foothold so I could, um, start in on a conversation and maybe encourage him a little bit, not necessarily force him to go to youth group or make him like, make him do, I guess what I wanted him to do, but just try to figure out where he was at and what he was trying to, um, trying to, to process. And he just, he finally told me and he told me the words, I, I just don't fit in. I just don't feel like I fit in. I just don't know where I fit in. And all of that. And that's legitimate. You know. And that's something that. I can understand. Even. Even. As a kid. As an adult. You just don't know where you fit in. You don't know who you fit in with. You don't know. What it is. Because then when you find a place to fit in. It turns on you. And you just don't know. Right. So. I was talking to him. And he said he just doesn't fit in. And I was just like. Well. The only thing I can think of telling him is something that we've probably told him before, but it's just the first thing that just came to me was just, well, you can't find your place to fit in if you just give up. Like if you just don't go, if you just sit in this chair and just, I don't know where to fit in there. So I'm just not gonna, not gonna do it. Like, that's not a good way to approach it. It's not a good way to do it because you don't, you don't know until you figure it out, but you can't figure it out sitting over here. And I was trying to unpack that. I was trying to see where he was at. See, like, like I said, my intention wasn't to necessarily make him go. Um, it was just to kind of try and get him to see, see something. And just about that time, like I said, I don't know if what I said was going to be effective or not because we didn't get that far. Because about that time, a group of four to five high schoolers came over to where we were. And said something on the lines of, no, we're not going to leave you sitting here. We're not going to leave you like that. Um, it almost kind of sounded like, we're coming to get you. Why are you sitting over here? But it also kind of sounded like an apology at the same time. Like I said, like something had happened. Maybe they unintentionally kicked him out of something or made him feel unwelcome in some way. I'm not sure exactly. Um, so it's just one of those things because to me, it kind of felt like both as I'm looking back at it now, it kind of felt like maybe they didn't mean something and you know, and you like when you say something and you turn around and that person's gone and you really didn't mean it like that. You didn't mean it to be rude. You didn't mean it to be, um, in that way. And so maybe that's why they came over. They didn't mean for it to be that way. And before they turned, he was gone or whatever. I'm not sure. Um, that's why I said I'm kind of mixed on it. It seemed like an apology, but it also seemed like they were just coming to get him because they knew it's what he needed. And that is what he needed. And they were Jesus to him right in front of my eyes. And as I'm sitting here thinking about this episode and the content of the needed touch, and I'm sitting here in that moment, and I'm sitting there, sorry, in that moment, and it's just kind of like they were the touch of Jesus to him. And it got me thinking about how that is how we are the touch of Jesus. It's what he needed. It's what he, it's what he, it's what he needed. 
it's what he wanted from them. It's what he needed from them. But he also, it's he got some Jesus with that. And they, I told him, the last thing I said to him, I was just like, you need to go with them. They came to you, you need to go with them. And they came and they, they, they he got up and they kind of circled around him. And like I said, there was a lot of like conversation that made me feel like it was kind of like an apology thing. And a, a way to try and include him. I don't really know, but all I know is they prayed for him. And I saw a lot of Jesus in that moment. And so what I want to, what I want to say here is if you've tried everything and you don't know what's left to try, try Jesus. Try Jesus. Try going to a local church in your area. Try finding one online. Continue listening to this podcast and other podcasts. But I want to make clear that my my ministry is just to give you extra. But you need the community of Jesus as well, which is the church and people of the church. That's also what you need as well. So... My encouragement is to try Jesus, get plugged into a local church, watch them online, continue listening to this podcast, other podcasts. It's, it's, it's going to be great, but try Jesus. And then in the instance of this, you know, maybe you've experienced Jesus already. Maybe you've been following him for 10 years, five years, five minutes, 13 years. I don't know, but whatever it is, you know, but maybe you're kind of like, like my son, and you need a little bit of other encouragement, continue to try Jesus. Don't give up on Jesus so fast. Because that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to just give up on it. Don't do that. Because I thought I even told him later that night about Jericho. If Israel had given up on day six or day three or wherever, they would have never saw what God was going to do. They never would have saw those walls fall down. And that's just what it was. He was giving up. He was so close that he just wanted to give up. And sometimes, whether we've been, like I said, and sometimes even though we're following Jesus, we still need somebody to come and be that needed touch. Someone to be Jesus to us so we can kind of get back on track. And then also to the third and final encouragement is be that needed touch for other people. Be Jesus for other people as well. Because we never know, like I said, what conversation we're going to have today, tomorrow, next week that will bring somebody to Jesus. We never know where somebody is like in this story. They're on their last little bit. They're desperate and they're trying to find one last thing and they want to try Jesus. And we're that person that's going to have them be and have them try Jesus. We're going to be that person. Like I said, we're, sometimes it's us. It's us. We're the person that's going to bring somebody to Jesus. And it's so super important how we handle those conversations. They're very delicate. Like how these, how this group of high schoolers handled their conversation with my son. They, it was important. It was vital. And how we do the same is important and vital. So, like I said, three things and I'm done. If you've never tried Jesus and you just don't know what else to do, try Jesus. Get plugged in at a local church. Lots of churches are doing things online. 
just find a church, tune in online if they have it. If they don't, find one that does. I don't know. It doesn't even have to be in your area. Just just find it uh, like a church service. So that's my encouragement for you. Try Jesus. Get plugged in. For those that are following Jesus, try Jesus again. Maybe you just kind of got off the rails a little bit and you need Jesus just to kind of touch you back on to the tracks. And then third, if you are following Jesus, be Jesus to other people. You never know what other people need. You never know your next conversation could be the conversation that somebody desperately needed to touch their life and change their life because the touch of Jesus changes lives. The touch of Jesus changes lives, but it takes faith. It takes faith to to go to a church if you've never been. It takes faith to log into a church that you've never been into online or whatever. It takes faith to listen to this podcast. It takes faith to share this podcast. It takes faith to try that. But I encourage you to. It takes faith to admit that you that you need Jesus. It takes faith for us to do that when we've kind of gotten off the rails. It takes faith for that. And it takes faith to help somebody help them see Jesus. But it also changes their lives. And by what we say and do, changes their lives as well. So I hope that you'll come back and join us for the conclusion of this series. I hope to, I hope to see you next week. I hope you'll um, be encouraged by what you heard in this episode. And I hope you'll be encouraged through future episodes and past episodes. Check them out at the archives. But... Um, I hope that you'll come back next week as we conclude this series. We will see you next week.